Oh, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us here together this morning. Thank you for your word that speaks powerfully to us. And we pray now your spirit would give us eyes to see and ears to hear that we might be transformed and become more like Jesus in all that we do uh, in service of you for your glory and for the expansion of your kingdom. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wonder how it is that you... Uh, assess how you're going in your relationship with God. What's the set of criteria that you use uh, if you're trying to do some sort of self-assessment on your spiritual life? Or, uh, if that's a bit of a sort of tricky question, what about the spiritual lives of others? How do you uh, kind of look at other people in your uh, spheres and uh, judge how they're doing. Well, uh, I want to suggest that whether we mean to or not, actually what most of us tend to do when we look at the lives of others or we think about our own lives is that we take uh, an approach to uh, assessing the Christian life of ourselves or others that's uh, uh, similar to a, a sheep pen. And I've got a little picture here of uh, a, uh, a sheep pen, well drawn, uh, with sort of God represented by the cross there in the, in the middle of the pen. Uh, and we've got good people on the inside of the pen who uh, are, are, are sort of within the bounds of acceptable behaviour. And then we have a list of unacceptable behaviours that things like prostitutes and drug dealers do, uh, and so they go outside the sheep pen, they're, they've got a long way to go, they're not in the, they're not in, the in crowd, they're not, certainly not Christian, uh, because they don't uh, apply, and you can, you, you can, once you make it inside the pen, you're all good to go. Now, I wonder if that's uh, the right way to think about things. Uh, we're going to come to the story of Zacchaeus in a moment, but right before that story, back in chapter 18 of Luke's Gospel... Uh, Jesus tells a parable about Pharisees and tax collectors. Uh, and in chapter 18, verses 9 to 14, uh, the, the, the story goes like this. Let me uh, read it to you. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus is giving us a pretty good uh, answer to how, what he thinks of this sort of sheep pen boundary marker type thinking, isn't he? The Pharisees got uh, tithing and uh, praying uh, and fasting as, as sort of the boundary markers of acceptable uh, behaviour for someone who loves God and he's well and truly right in there, nice and close to God uh, and things like Robbing people and adultery and tax collecting and evil doing these things certainly mean you're not uh, right with God. Uh, being a tax collector, that puts you on the out of bounds. And of course, Jesus says that's 
just not how it works at all. Not how it works at all. Actually, what matters is our hearts, which way we're facing, another way of sort of thinking of it. Uh, and so Jesus sort of said, this is, this is what matters. Uh, kind of which way are you facing when it comes to God? Are you uh, facing him and humbling yourself before him? Or are you sort of standing there proud, thinking you can do it all on your own? The Pharisee is self-righteous, self-confident, and believes he deserves his uh, way into God's blessing and has nothing he needs to repent of. But the tax collector comes humbly, broken, repentant, seeking God's mercy, and it's the tax collector, Jesus tells us, who God welcomes because his heart is right. Relying on God for his salvation and transformation rather than relying on himself. And of course, this gives us a bit of a window into how we should think about things too. So uh, instead of uh, this sort of pen-like behaviour, and we, you know, we think the minister's the closest person to God in our church, maybe you've never thought that in my case, but uh, generally speaking, uh, and uh, you know, all these other sorts of people are, are in and other types are out, instead, what we should be thinking about is this next slide kind of which way we're facing it and it kind of doesn't matter whether we've ticked the 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 boxes what matters is uh, are we on the right journey are we are we seeking to take a step closer to Jesus and the prostitute might be doing that and the minister might be self-confident and walking the other way and of course Zacchaeus is a great example of someone who's walking the right way. And of course, the story of Zacchaeus is a, is a microcosm of what might happen over, over the whole lifetime of, of a human being, uh, where Zacchaeus kind of is radically transforms and takes many steps in his relationship with God, all in kind of an afternoon. So uh, let's have a look at this story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus starts off as a wealthy tax collector who is well and truly outside that pen that that Pharisee would have drawn. He uh, was good at stealing money from people. That's what tax collectors did and perhaps some of you think that's what tax collectors still do. And worse, uh, they stole money for the occupying force. So they kept some for themselves, and then they gave some to these dirty Romans. For God's people, tax collectors were the lowest of the low, right outside the pen. And yet, Zacchaeus is interested in Jesus. He, he, he's heard about Jesus. He wants to see who Jesus is. And we read in verse 19 uh, that, that that is the case, but he's got to overcome a barrier in this particular case, his, his height. Uh, and so he climbs up the tree uh, and Jesus seeks him out uh, as he's seeking out Jesus. Let me read verses four and five. So Zacchaeus ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up at him and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house to, today. 
And uh, so here we have sort of Jesus, the invitation of Jesus to Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus comes down and accepts and welcomes this invitation. He, comes, he came down, verse 6, and welcomed him gladly. And we see this immediately upsets the religious people of the day, the people who are using that kind of pen-like thinking because they are upset. Verse 7, the people saw this, began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. He's a tax collector. He's a thief. He's a traitor. He's outside the pen. He's not an acceptable person. He's not someone God should be interested in. But Jesus knows what's going on in his heart. Zacchaeus is on a journey. He's moving towards Jesus with humility. And as he, as he, as he is interested in Jesus, as he sees Jesus, as Jesus reaches out to him, as he responds uh, to that invitation, uh, as he has dinner with Christ, his life is completely and utterly transformed in an evening. Verse 8, as people object to Jesus' interactions with this man, Zacchaeus stands up and says, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. In an afternoon, so many uh, advances in his, his, his life as a believer, from thief and traitor to interested in Jesus, to dinner with Jesus, to, to eating with Jesus, to responding to the grace Jesus has shown by being gracious to others. And Jesus sums this up, if you will, at the end there. Uh, he, he's gone from lost to found over the, all those steps in that afternoon. Today, Jesus says, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And of course, that mission uh, to seek and save the lost, to, to make disciples, is the mission Jesus, we saw last week, gives to us to bring this good news of salvation to the lost and to help them grow in their understanding of who Jesus is, to help them to take their next steps. And of course, it doesn't matter where people are at on their journey, we want them to take a next step. Whether they're a thief and a traitor or the Pharisee or a minister. We want them to take a step towards Jesus, to face the right direction, to turn around. That's, that's what repentance is about. It's about turning from an old way and walking in a new way. And this is a different way to sort of pen thinking where we just try and keep people inside a a, a, a certain set of acceptable behaviours but don't worry actually too much about what's going on in their hearts and, and where they're actually up to and, and what's next for them. Well, you're in the pen, that's fine. No, we want to help everyone, no matter how close or how far they are, come to Jesus, turn around and to face him. Well, what does this look like for us as a church. Uh, it's annual meeting Sunday and so I always like to use this one as a, a bit of a window into kind of my thinking and how are we going. And uh, if you've been around long enough and you, you uh, will know that we have this kind of pathways 
model, which is how we put into practice as, a, as, a, as an organisation the disciple-making process or the, the taking steps towards Jesus process. This is a model that seeks to outline the, the steps that people tend to take, like we saw with Zacchaeus. He goes from uh, far from Christ and he takes a few steps uh, till he becomes a kind of converted disciple, living out his, his faith and the generosity Christ has shown him by showing generosity to others. Well, we have this model of, of trying to map the steps people take so that we can think about how we collectively can help people to take those steps. People, we say, start off as potential contacts. That is, they're, uh, they're people we have the potential to reach. People who live in our community. We've had a particular focus when it comes to this uh, of families with kids under five. But it doesn't just have to be them. It's, it's your neighbours and friends and people you interact with too. People who drive down this street to Woolies every day and see this big old building uh, lit up at night. They're, they're potent, they have the potential to be in touch with us as a church. And the next step for them in, in, in uh, responding to Christ, or finding out more about him, is to become in touch with us. That is, to know someone here or to reach out to us, or to start engaging with us on our social media. And so there are a bunch of people here today. I'm not sure how many people here today. I should have got Claire, who was on the iPad, to tally them up for me. Uh, but however many of you are here today, let's say there's 30 of you or 40 of you, plus those of you who are online, that means we've got at least another... There's at least... Assuming you all only know one other person who's not here today, there's at least another 30 or 40 people out there who are in touch with our church because they know you. You know their name. They know you care about them. And so the next step for those people is that they might start to become in touch with our community, not just with us as individuals. And so, for example, to take the, uh, the family's example, that's why we ran the playgroup, so that people might have, start to have a sense of, of belonging and community connected with this space. Part of their steps towards figuring out who Jesus is. And then, of course, the next step, the big step, embracing the gospel. That once people know that they've got these Christian friends who love them and they know some other Christians and they've got to feel like they've got a sense of belonging in this place, uh, we hope that they will respond to Jesus. That's why we've done things in the past like Run Alpha and why we hope to do that again when COVID gets out of the way. This step is, that, is, is really the, it's the turning point step where people really discover for the first time that what Jesus has done for them, just like we see in the story of Zacchaeus. Experiencing God's acceptance and grace and mercy. And once they do that, they start following Jesus. And that's the, there's, there's, there's many steps in that process of daily figuring out what God's calling us to next in our journey of discipleship. 
but we do things there too, like run this church service uh, that hopefully helps you grow in your relationship with God, encourage you into prayer triplets and Bible studies. And if you're not in one, speak to me afterwards and you can join one. And eventually, as you, as you grow and as you have hung around here for, for long enough, you might start to have opportunities where you can serve. Joining rosters, joining teams of, uh, that, of ministry teams, serving in ways that use the gifts God has given you as you're seeking to follow him to help others. And then for some, even stepping that up further into, act, into leadership as some people will do today when they step onto parish council for the first time. This is what we're trying to do. Be strategic in our mission of making disciples by helping people to take a step with Christ. It's kind of simple on one level and kind of complex on another. And what I think you'll see too is that uh, we've been talking in the last two weeks as being a church for Lindisfarne making disciples of Jesus, that that hasn't changed with COVID. But I, I guess what I hope you'll see here is it has changed a bit here. At this point where we're trying to help people take a step, the way we do that has changed because of COVID. It has had an impact on this space. I, I've talked at least two or three times so far in this message about playgroup. Uh, and how that's a, a, a something that we've been using to try and help people uh, take a step towards Christ. And of course, we haven't run that for six months. But also, because of COVID, we've got this big old camera up the back here and we've had uh, all sorts of people start to engage with us in the digital space. And you'll see, all of you will have seen, of course, if you've looked at the budget that there's a line there now for uh, online ministry. It's not very much, but it's sort of a, a way of us trying to figure out what does it mean to kind of engage in that space a little more. But the job is still the same, to help people to take a step. How we do it might change and it, it might roll back into a, something a little bit more recognisable in the coming uh, months, or it may not. But nonetheless, we need to be seeking God's wisdom and help to help people to take their next step with Christ. Now, that's all a bit kind of academic and, and, and corporate, I suppose. Uh, I, I don't want to leave it there. So let me just take us back a moment to... Uh, this picture of the, this one here. And let me ask you, as you think about your relationship with God, not being, not being something that is, uh, uh, am I inside a set of acceptable behaviours, but am I seeking to, to grow and, and, and journey towards Christ... I guess what I want to leave you with today is the question, are you facing in the right direction? Or has somewhere along the way you kind of got tired of, of this whole thing and you've kind of got your back turned to God, even though you might be in the pen still? 
You're still coming to church, but it's, it's not really having an impact on your life. You're not seeking to grow. You're not seeking to know Jesus more. Turn around today. Repent. And face the loving arms of Christ. And if you are facing the right way, if you are on that journey, let me ask you to think about what your next step looks like today. What does it look like for you to grow? Do you need to learn to pray? Do you need to learn how to read your Bible? Do you need to disciple someone else? Do you need to step into ministry, into serving in ministry? Do you want to test your leadership medal? The good thing about our size church is we're not too big for any of you who, who, who want to think about what that next step is to give me a call or shoot me an email and we can try and figure it out together what it might look like for you to take your next step. And finally, you'll remember last week I talked about our job to disciple others and that we could all probably have someone in our life that we could disciple. Well, uh, let me be a little more practical this week and say, start thinking about those people and thinking about what their next step might be. The Lord Jesus says that those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Let's make sure that as we carry on with this journey of being a church for Lindisfarne, making disciples of Jesus, of helping people to take their next step, that we do so together with humble hearts, seeking God's help and direction in all that we do. Amen.